is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. Oh, I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. Good night, Mr. Wanderson. Good night. Gentlemen, this is the in the summertime in Smogville, USA, it is World Champion Podcast. My name is Brighton, SLC. And I am Sean Black. And this show is a freeform discussion about the news and stories on the fringes of society. Mm-hmm. It's too hot. It's too hot. And you cut me off. I was going to say, I'm Sean Black Cat. I'm like a black cat on this tin roof. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. This is a bad idea. There's no air conditioning in here. We do have some uh, paper fans that we bought from those geishas down at the mm-hmm. exotic people's exhibit. Right. Um, so that was nice of them to sell those to us at a ridiculously inflated price. Right, and they work terrible. They're, they've just gone limp in this heat. <laughs> yeah. It's like fanning yourself with a banana peel. It's ridiculous. And, you know, we do want to, of course, give you, uh, because we are required to do 20% our show needs to be a public service announcement right. by the FCC. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, beat the heat, stay safe out there. Uh, signs of heat stroke are um, being too hot, mostly. Being thirsty, I've heard. Being thirsty, um, that could be heat stroke or diabetes. Uh, Smogville mm-hmm. is the diabetes capital of the world as well. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it because it's just so hot? Like, that's the doctors, the, you know, the, the doctors don't know for sure. Well, our doctors aren't the best. That's true. I mean, let's, we'll admit that right now. Mm hmm. But uh, they're but they're doing their best. Well, their heart's in the right place. Absolutely, like maybe, we hope. And they don't. I don't know that they know where a heart's supposed to be. I know, that, and that's why I kind of worry because they, they their hearts are supposedly in the right place, but when they do heart surgery, they definitely are digging in the wrong part of the body. Exactly with those blades. Oh, those blades! But they do rinse the blades in whiskey, and that's kind of our point: is make sure you're drinking plenty of whiskey each day. Every citizen gets a one liter ration a day. Oh uh, yes, and and they suggest the the. Uh, SCC, which is the Smogville, uh, I, I don't know the CCC Communications type. Commission. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they they are saying to be sure to drink this in the the peak hours of the day for for getting too hot. So like maybe eleven to three. That's eleven to you, three. You're mm-hmm. supposed to consume at least I don't know. They, I, th- I think at least a a cocktail's worth of whiskey in in an hour. Well, period. you get yeah, you get your daily liter. So don't yeah. don't drink it all during eleven to three. You still need some for after supper mm-hmm. to help your digestion. And also, you have to pour it down the toilet to help unclog the toilets because we're having a big. And that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother thing. So um, save a little of the whiskey for that. It's great at, at cleaning your toilet. Great for the heat. So beat the heat this summer. Yeah, if you have ice left over too, try to hang on to that because the ice deliveries. Um, you know, Bill brings them in. Mm-hmm. The air conditioning's out in Bill's truck, mm-hmm. so there won't be ice. Um, if you have a bandana, it's suggested that you can pee on that, mm-hmm. and then sort of dab your forehead with it right right and, I, think, and I, think, I know that sounds a little gross but you you know what's gross is heat stroke that is gross mm-hmm. so all right well so this is exciting tonight's episode ladies and gentlemen is scheduled for about one hour it is a no words barred smogville city gab fest oh 
We are going to be talking about wrestling today, and we're going to be going deep. All right. Deep into wrestling. If anyone follows us on Instagram, World Champion Pod is how you find us there. And while I'm giving you things, email us, please, at worldchampionpodcast at gmail.com. And while I'm giving you orders, also leave us a review on iTunes. Anyway, if you saw on our Instagram, we did attend a professional wrestling live event True. this last weekend. And uh, I just have a lot of questions. I have a lot to talk about. And, and when you say attend, we had fourth row tickets. So we were practically in the show. We were part of it. We I were think. sort of, uh, I, we were conversing with, with the, the talent. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, and, and sometimes they would acknowledge us. That's true. Or you, rather. You're taller than me. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so let's, let's talk about professional wrestling. Of course, the WWF, and then back in the day, there was also the WCW. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have, what's your kind of history with this stuff? Were you a fan as a kid? I, wa- I don't think you couldn't not be a fan. Does that make sense? Yeah, it was the golden era as far as... As far as I think, with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and all the, these these guys, I think that's really when wrestling broke out. You know, with WrestleMania, the yeah. early WrestleMania. So I can't really remember a specific moment, but my dad always liked wrestling. He he got a big kick out of it. Yeah, same. In the same way I do, and and it was sort of always just on the TV. A few of my earliest memories of television, I, I think I've said this before, I remember watching David Letterman mm-hmm. when I was three or four years old, so I, don't, I didn't get it, but I, my parents were laughing, and when you're a kid, you just laugh because you think that's funny. <laughs> and I remember being really afraid of a guy who's, I, I don't know if he was called the Claw or if his move was the Claw. The Claw? It might have even been George the Animal Steel, because I, I know he was a bald guy in a black uh, women's bathing suit. Yeah, and, that, was a, that uh, was a common look. Common look, and I remember being just very afraid of this guy. Um, and then later, I remember you know Saturday morning, where they would do a couple matches and then the little vignettes. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really do that as much anymore. When there is a you know a guy in like a set that f- fits the theme, mm-hmm. um, and then is just you know talking to the camera but talking to his opponent. Yeah. So say that, say there's a wrestler who's like a classic '50s greaser, mm-hmm. and he's in a garage with a hot rod, <laughs> and he's like, "All right, I love Poindexter." The the story is what I enjoy the most, more more even so than the actual wrestling, is the drama. It's the narrative. Okay, yeah, the claw was a guy. There was a Baron von Raschke. And does he look like your your feared memory? Oh yeah, definitely. That was probably him. That's the guy. But so there's that, and then my it was always um, my little brothers would get into it and drag me along with them, and mm-hmm. then I'd get more into it. Right. Um, so I remember my youngest brother or my middle brother was Papa Shango for Halloween once, and Papa mm-hmm. Shango was a voodoo man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did see him versus the Ultimate Warrior at the old Salt Palace. Oh wow! In Salt Lake City. That same night, I saw Bret Hart pull down Shawn Michaels' pants and saw Shawn Michaels' butt. His bare butt. His bare butt. Wow, that's not safe for work. <laughs> NSFFW. Or it could be not, not, not safe, safe for, for wrestling. wrestling. Not safe for wrestling. That's what yeah. it stands for. Yeah, exactly. That's it's, the original that's usage. That's the original that usage. And now that they invented the internet, they just thought, let's spread this to the internet. Not safe for wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, and then I got into, you know, during the heyday of the 90s, I was way into WCW. 
and, I, I sort of fell off. And mankind and all that. When when Hulk Hogan turned heel the first time, I sort of couldn't buy it. Oh, that's when I came back after a long absence. Oh, it was. Yeah. He just it was just too dorky of a thing. He was just always he, he's a grown man that wears bright yellow and and feather boas and stuff. And suddenly he's he's like a fake biker. He's exactly <laughs> a fake biker. And what I love is when he comes out and he's got. Um, like those old wraparound sunglasses on, and he's mm-hmm. playing air guitar. And I just love this world, this mindset to think that he's going like, you know what's cool? Air guitar. I'm going to show everyone how just I, don't, I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I did say earlier that this was a no words barred podcast. That's true, and we're going, yeah. But when he, he comes out, and he's making the duck face mm-hmm. and playing air guitar. Oh. And just everyone, you know, I'm thinking covered of some in guy feathers. in the back who's like, this is cool. He's covered, he, he is cool. He, he's covered in feathers. Yeah. It's like Big Bird playing in The Who or something. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's just coming down the ramp, pointing around. And the difference was his feathers went from being yellow to being black and white feathers. Because <laughs> he's sure. a badass now. Didn't he start dyeing his beard, too? His mustache was the bright yellow. Yeah, but the rest was dark. And then his dark. beard was black. It, it's almost... But it was obvious that he was using just for men on Yeah, yeah it, it's almost like... Or, or not using it and just using the bleach on his mustache. Oh, probably that, actually. Uh, I, and then thinking of his mustache, I just lost my train of thought. Continue. <laughs> All I can see is his mustache in yeah. my imagination. And anyway, I guess my point is I fall out... Um, here and there, I go through these phases. Right. Uh, about five years ago, my brother took me to see a show at the, on the front row, which was amazing. That sounds cool. Um, actually, gosh, that was six or seven years ago now. What? Whatever. Um, Time is a flat circle. Yeah. So I watched it a little bit around then, dropped off, and then we watched SummerSlam together, mm-hmm. you and I, last August, because Jane, uh, what's Stephen Amell yeah. from, from the CW's Arrow was wrestling in it, and so we wanted to watch that. Rest- that'd be what? Fun. what? Oh, no. He, wa- he was wrestling in that. Earlier, yeah. he was just attending a show. He was attending a show, and then one of the wrestlers just starts messing with him for no good reason. Mm-hmm. And just attacks him. Yeah, and then they, that turned into, because it is 2016, that turned into a social media battle. Uh, yep. That eventually culminated in a face-to-face match. At SummerSlam. At SummerSlam. So we watched it specifically for that, mm-hmm. and just, you know, rekindled Yeah, I was swept. Thing. I was swept away in the magic. Yeah. It was, it was thoroughly enjoyable. Oh, Absolutely. So really exciting um, to go to this show here last week. Great show. Oh, yeah. Um, so th- this was a house show, so it wasn't filmed for television. Yeah, which is pretty awesome because I, when I watch the television shows, I think we've been here for 25 minutes and we've just had a bunch of guys yelling. Mm-hmm. And then we have a commercial and then we have guys backstage yelling. And then we have a match of people we don't care about. Right. Because they're not going to put on the big money match on, mm. and, unless it's a pay-per-view. But at this house show, no commercials. Um, all the big stars are there doing their classic thing. Very very much it's the pure essence of this stuff. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was boiled down. Yeah. What were your impressions of this? It this felt affair? way more... It, like you said, it was like getting rid of all the... You know, tr- it tr- they trimmed all the fat. I felt like we were just getting the best parts of, of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And the, the matches... Where it went, I don't know. It just went by a lot faster than watching it on TV. Yeah, it was just it was like match after match. I was trying to choose a, a, when I should go to the bathroom because I didn't want to miss anything. Yeah, and it it was it was also we were so close being on the fourth row that I, it was just kind of overwhelming because you're seeing all these monster men. They're yeah. right by you, close enough you can yell at them, and they can yell back at you. 
And they are monster men. Just They're as, yeah, huge. Just monsters. Cesaro or Titus O'Neil are, mm-hmm. are like... Yeah. It feels like you're going to burn your eyes if you look at them for too long. It's like that barbarian caveman guy from Game of Thrones. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Like, we're little Jon Snows. And then there's the, there's the, the giant from Beyond the Wall. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and if the Wyatts were there, that, it literally would have felt like that. Gross, hairy... Sweaty man, sweaty, filthy. Just, yeah, just, just like grimy. Those are like wildlings nowadays. Are the yeah, Wyatts? Yeah, yeah. We didn't have the Wyatts, unfortunately. <laughs> um, we did have Cesaro, who famously does this thing where he grabs a guy by the legs mm-hmm. and then just spins around in a circle. Yeah, the Cesaro spin. Yeah, maybe, and then the crowd counts along with it. So he got that off, but only got like a spin and a half. Yeah. So I was pretty disappointed in that, but I guess you got to save that for the. He's also coming back from injury. Yeah. So I, I didn't want him to... In, and I think it's shoulder is what was injured. So I don't want... I get it. We got at least one swing, one revolution of the Cesar. <laughs> it's my favorite move because it doesn't seem like it would do anything. Yeah. Except make you both dizzy. Except make Cesaro very dizzy as well. Maybe more dizzy. Yeah. Because at least the person being swung is looking all over the place. Cesaro's doing the thing where, you, like, if you stand in the driveway and spin around as a little kid. Yeah. I was watching... So I, I was watching American Ninja, and there's one of the one of the new maneuvers is you hold onto a log and then it rolls down this thing and you have to hold onto it. Yeah. And a lot of the people doing it when they get up will spin the other direction. Does that work? Oh, interesting. I, um, it doesn't I seem see, like it, it seems could. like that would be like folk like Smogville type medicine. Right. It really spin does. The other way. It really does seem like that's not how how thing, physics work and the brain works. Unless it is it is it because there's there's some sort of like liquid in your inner ear, right? Hmm. And is that what makes you dizzy? And then by spinning the other way, you're like pushing it down. Pushing it down. I guess you're maybe. Making, I don't maybe know. You're making like a tidal wave or smashes together, or like or like Moses splitting the Red Sea. Maybe that's what. Oh, that, so by spinning the other way, and then you're back to normal. You're back to a normal Red Ear Sea. So I I don't know. I Should just, we try it right now? Should we pause tape and try it? Okay. Oh God. Uh, Did not work. Well, if I finally stopped vomiting, we can continue. Yeah, we're actually picking this up the next day. Mm-hmm. It's been a rough 24 hours. So it turns out it doesn't work at all. No, it doesn't work not one bit. And we decided to really just make sure, and we spun for a couple hours. At least, at least. We should have at least Snapchatted it. Mm-hmm. Damn, would... I'm not going to do it again, though, for the sake of Snapchat. Yeah, we've, we've, I think we, we know how that turns out. So, yeah, so it, it turns out that that could be a fatal move. <laughs> yeah. If Cesaro swung you around, it, you may die, is what I've, yeah. I've discovered. Or Cesaro may die. They, yeah, or anyone watching it could die. Yeah. So we saw the uh, we saw the Lucha Dragons versus the bald, sweaty guys. Yeah, that was... that. It was neat to see the Lucha guys. Yeah. I'm not total... What were those two guys' names? Gallows and Anderson. Yeah. I, I Club. Even, They're I, bald, sweaty guys. Yeah. And they, they don't even wear... They, and they wear baggy pants. Yeah, but it, baggy pants that are made out of tight pants material, so it's weird. How much control do you have? Like, it just seems weird the image aspect because some guys are so like the Undertaker's looks, you know, looks like this cowboy dead guy. Yeah, but then there's guys like them that are just like, oh, what's what's our gimmick? Oh, it's gonna be we're gonna have cargo shorts on. <laughs> yeah, like that's it. There's an old wrestling documentary. I don't remember what it's called, but it follows. Um, I don't know, I might be getting all the wrestling documentaries confused, but there was a guy named Draws who actually ended up getting paralyzed later by being dropped on his head. Oh, that's great. But um, he's in an, Vince McMahon's office as an indie wrestler. Explain who Vince McMahon is Okay, real quick. yeah, good point. Vince McMahon is the 
head of WWE, formerly WWF. Uh, he inherited it from his father, so his entire his life. entire life. He's 70 years old now. He's a big, weird muscle man. Yeah, he looks like a monster, yeah. too. Very very sort of Trumpian type of blowhard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his whole life has been wrestling. And I was, I was telling you this before we recorded uh, that Freddie Prinze Jr., I guess on a podcast or something, was talking about how Vince is so out of touch with everything that's not wrestling that he just can't comprehend the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And... They were on a flight, and Freddie Prinze was, like, watching The Hangover on his laptop or something. And Vince comes by, and he goes, what? what? Why, aren't you, why aren't you watching WrestleMania? <laughs> and he said, oh, I just, I just wanted to watch something funny. And Vince goes, Santino, he's funny. <laughs> this is true? Yeah. So in this documentary, no, go on. What was your... <laughs> I, I just didn't... Just, just still dizzy. I'm still, I'm still dizzy. So, excuse me. <laughs> It just seems weird to me that he, he that that description you just, that that apparently Freddie Prince described yeah is it just sounds like wrestling. He doesn't sound like a real person, and I've heard lots of people yeah. making fun of what a maniac is. But but is his reality? So is wrestling real to him? Completely real? I think he's in a new third kind he's, of reality. Yeah, this is like this is like some kind of Buddhist enlightenment or something. Yeah. He's in Nirvana, maybe. Yeah, because there's there's the people that think this is a real competitive <laughs> sport. And then there's the people who recognize it as quote sports entertainment, mm-hmm. but I think Vince, yeah, he's he's in Nirvana. He's reached Nirvana. He's like at a next level where yeah. your actual day to day reality, every moment of it is is you you are a wrestler. Yeah, like when you when you go to the bank and someone is saying that the there's not enough funds, you just tear up your checkbook in front of them, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and like tear your shirt open and yell at them and and, and vow revenge and stuff. Yeah, vow revenge at a later time. Right. When someone pisses you off, like, all right, next Sunday. Yeah, well, it, it's like you would need you would need like a calendar, like a day planner, just to keep track of who you're getting revenge against. <laughs> yeah, you're like, so okay, so my next door neighbor, he he turned his sprinkler on and got my my convertible all wet, so I got to get revenge on him at a later date. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be related to that. And then my boss, he make he's making me work Saturday, so I, I flip my desk over and told him that. You know, that poured a cup of coffee on him, and then he stormed <laughs> off. But but we're gonna get, get meet up next week for revenge. For revenge. Uh, my best friend and I were um, on the job site, and he just turned on me. He just turned around and slapped me in the face. Oh, that's that's the and biggest said shocker. Si- and said he's sick of carrying me this whole time. So I got to get revenge on him. Yeah, the the worst is when you and one of your closest friends are doing something. And like you're playing miniature golf or something, and mm-hmm. then out of nowhere, he just hits you in the back with the, the golf club and yeah. turns on you. And turns on you. Um, yeah, I mean, another reason you might need revenge on somebody is say they're not from America. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you, don't you hate that when you have a new neighbor who is vaguely Soviet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could be could be a communist, but but it's never it's never like stated. No, but just like is kind of kind of Russiany looking. Yeah, and I know the Soviet Union's been gone for twenty five years, but still. Yeah, he, and you know what else? He's well. Not, he, well, he he's not sh- even hiding the fact that he's Russiany. Yeah, well, and when he moved in, instead of a moving truck, he did drive up the street in a tank. In a tank, <laughs> <laughs> and right? Then, and then and then uh, hung a giant banner of Putin. Yeah, so and, we got to get revenge on that guy. So yeah, there's revenge on that. So this is this is a time consuming way to live that Vince lives. Yeah. Uh, so Vince. So in this documentary, this guy draws is in Vince's office, and Vince is trying to figure out what what we're going to do for his for his angle, mm-hmm. and draws reviews that he's he's really good at vomiting. <laughs> 
so so Vince puts a garbage can on his desk. He's like, well, could you do it now? Can you throw up? And then so Draws starts like kind of convulsing while Vince is mock announcing like, okay, yeah, this might work. Oh no, he's gonna he's he's gonna puke. He's puking. He's gonna puke. <laughs> and then this guy's gimmick became that he's the vomiting guy. <laughs> That almost can't be true. I, I almost can't believe that's true, even for wrestling. Yeah. So did, he said, did he actually vomit? Yeah, he'd vomit. He'd actually vomit. Isn't that some sort of biohazard health problem? Well, this was during the uh, what's called the Attitude Era, when things were really extreme. Like when someone... I'm not even going to get into it. It was gnarly. <laughs> this This really put me off for wrestling. You know how a little kid will do something funny and you'll laugh, and then the kid will start doing it over and over again? And then again. it's annoying. And so that's kind of what happened with WWF, is they got real edgy, and Steve Austin's drinking beer and flipping the bird, and yeah. Degeneration X is making dick jokes. And then they just took it to the extreme, where it was just like watching outtakes from the Howard Stern show. Oh, I didn't realize it got that bad. It got really bad. This and, was during yeah. an era I wasn't watching a lot. Yes, so I finally gave up on that. Now it's PG rated. So. When did it go back to 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 PG? I think, I th- I don't. It might have been when they went public with the stock. Oh, it's a public company, so, they so now they got to be... be more respectable. Well, it, it's or a... it might have been when Linda McMahon, Vince's wife, ran for Senate. Oh, <laughs> that that could very well be yeah. it. Yeah, I like the thing I like about it being PG is is because I, I I go on wrestling forums sometimes. This is a dark secret I don't like saying on the internet, but. Uh, and it seems like a lot of people really lament the days, just just wish it was the Attitude Era. Yeah. It would, like, people love it. But what I love about the PG era is it's it's like when you're given more restrictions, you have to be more creative. Yeah, So totally. Freddie Prince Jr. has to come up with something <laughs> really wild. And that's why we end up getting stuff like like the thing we talked about the other day where uh, where Seth Rollins got a statue and then Sting stole his bronze statue. And crushed and it. Then, and then crushed it in a trash compactor. Yeah. And it was just, and I, I loved that because we had about a month of Seth Rollins screaming, where's my statue? <laughs> Whenever Sting would show up like Batman. Yeah. And so that's, you know, it, it, if you're just going to be crude and, and it's, it's just less creative, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so going back to our show, uh, Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler. That mm-hmm. was, neither of those guys are particularly famous. Baron Corbin's um, pretty new in WWE. Yeah, he's from, so yeah, he's from the National Football League. Yeah, he's from NXT, the, the basically the farm system for wrestling, which is really smart. Yeah, because wrestling is one of those things that takes a lot of practice, and so to have this stage where people can can kind of hone their craft before they're ready to come up is, yeah. a, I think, a really cool thing. Well, it's a, it's and that's the thing too about this is that it's such an interesting art form. Yeah, and uh, just for anyone wondering. We know that it is fake in terms of the outcomes are predetermined. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not really like bonking each other on the head mm-hmm. or punching each other, but they are getting really beat up in what they do. Yeah, and they are getting hurt. It's physical. Yeah. And it's just as entertaining to me as, as a scripted TV show. I mean, no one complains that Game of Thrones is fake. Well, what's amazing about it is it's sort of like, just like Vince's Nirvana state, it's sort of this weird, it's, it's kind of... A pl- it's almost like a play, so yeah. it's like theater. Yeah, it's like sports because because even though, like you said, they may not be actually punching each other in the face, j- pretending to punch someone's actually more difficult. I imagine. Well, I could, I yeah, I probably couldn't do it right now without someone teaching me how and then practicing it nine thousand times and then learning to fall and like no matter how how 
much you could say it's fake being thrown through a table. You're actually being thrown through a table. Yeah, and they're not they're not magic tables. They're just tables. Yeah, they're they're cheap card tables. Yeah, like the, they're like banquet tables that are at some crappy church picnic. Exactly. Or something. Yeah, and so and then the, there's the the other part of it, which is so you've got theater, you've got sports, but then there's this weird, almost like vaudeville. Like method acting, I don't. It's like it's like everything in one. Yeah, and it's and the best way to watch it is to know all this stuff, but then in your mind decide that it is real. Yeah. So so the so the the only way to really enjoy it is to also be completely like like hating Rusev because he's from a vaguely Russian area. <laughs> yeah. Because he originally was from Russia. Now they've changed it to Bul- well, the is, Bulgarian. He is from Bulgaria. So Bulgarian brute. Yeah, the Bulgarian. But, brute. but they're not. They're playing down the Soviet stuff. Yeah. That they used to, but I mean, like you hate him. You have yeah. to hate him. He's the heel. Yeah. You know? We we at least I, I don't know what you were doing, but I was cheering my heart out for Roman Reigns. We'll get to that later. Yeah. And so one thing we noticed in that Dolph Ziggler match is twice he got hit and fell backwards, and spit gum straight up into the air. Yeah. Really far. And we we were like, was that his tooth? Was it spit? Was it gum? And I mentioned that to my brother, and he's like, duh, that's one of the tricks. That's one of the old theater tricks. That is? Is they'll jam tons of gum in their mouth and bite off pieces to spit when they get hit. No way. So it looks like they're hit and something's like flying out of their head. Yeah. That, then he did it like a pro because I was, yeah. uh, we had a conversation. Is that, was that a tooth? Yeah. Was that a tooth got, getting And I said, out? no, it must have been gum, but then it happened again. Yeah. But that's just part of the stage makeup, basically. Wow. Is spitting the gum out. That's um, cool. But then during, uh, so we were all super excited for this one. Chris Jericho, oh yeah, who who's maybe one of the greatest of all time yeah, in terms I, of I, being entertaining. I would, he, he's probably who I was, not if not the most excited for, one yeah. of the most excited for Chris Jericho because yeah. he is just the best talker. And he did yeah. come out and get a. I was excited when he came out and asked for a microphone. Yeah, and just in classic fashion, told us all to shut up. Yep. And he said, "Salt." The only thing he hates more than Dean Ambrose is Salt Lake City, I which could, I don't. Couldn't believe it. Why would you do that? I couldn't even believe what I was hearing. Yeah, he said the lake, the Salt Lake, has too much salt in it. (laughs) Way too much salt. (laughs) Way too. There's way too much salt. Yeah, again, I was speechless. My mouth was agape. And what I loved, and and this is one of the later once once we're through this, I have a big list of questions about the sport to clarify. Mm -hmm. Is then Dean Ambrose's music comes up, and Jericho is shocked that he's there. Just just cannot believe it. He thought I he thought I'm going to go to Salt Lake City. I'm going to go out to the ring. And talk about how much I hate Dean Ambrose, and then go go home, and that's it. But then Dean Ambrose came out to try to fight him. Yeah, he, he, Chris Jericho wasn't even expecting to wrestle wrestle that night. Yeah, from the look on his face, at least. Yeah, I mean, he did have his tights and boots on, and he was in the center <laughs> of the ring during a wrestling show. And the guy did say that it was a no holds barred Salt Lake City street fight. They did announce that it was going to be a fight, but still, the look on his face, di- utter disbelief, utter disbelief. Yeah, but I, I was shocked too. I couldn't believe Dean was there. But during that match tufts of his hair were coming out that's... and i wonder if that's also some kind of trick yeah i don't know and, and chris jericho's got the weirdest his hair might be fake anyway <laughs> he's got a weird his, his hair looks like if you went and bought bought the the zach from saved by the bell wig for halloween <laughs> like you go to the halloween store and get like like blonde pompadour or those visors that you wear at sports events that have like the fuzzy hair going yeah. on top of it. Like I, I always look at his hair when I see him on TV, and I, I don't think he's wearing a, a toupee per se, but I, it just is weird. It's just weird hair. <laughs> There's something very Maybe weird. Maybe it's about theatric it. hair that he can tear out. 
Yeah, maybe it's held on there with. It's not a toupee, but it's on with spirit gum, like a fake beard. Right, right, like yeah. like the Wolfman or something. <laughs> and he's just, he's just tearing. Yeah, because there was some tufts of hair during that battle. Yeah, during the, oh, I guess it was a street fight. It was a street fight. Yeah, no, they were using their little <laughs> bamboo sticks, their kendo sticks <laughs> yep. that look like the least painful thing in the world. That's, yep. <laughs> Jericho went through a table. Yeah, Jericho got through. That was great. Yeah. Um. And then we had a little break, and then the eight-person wi- eight women's tag team match. That was great. Four on four. I didn't, I, I, I didn't read the, the show. Was that, did they announce that? No, they only said that uh, Charlotte and Becky Lynch would be there. Yeah, and so. Not that it would be every w- woman It was wrestler. all of them, basically. Yeah. And I, it, that, was, that blew my mind. And I love the time because there was eight people, and they all got their own music and introduction. Mm-hmm. So probably the eight of them walking to the ring was longer than the match. Yeah, which I, I, I like that just as much. I'm, I'm one of the people that loves the, the reveal as much yeah. as the actual match. When it's quiet, the lights are out, and then the music kicks on. That's one of the most exciting parts, too. Mm-hmm. That's as exciting as a LeBron James block shot. Oh, it is. Yeah. Better. Way, <laughs> Way better. Yeah. It, it requires more talent. Yeah, to have, to have your name in lights. Yeah, that, well, I mean, that's the electricity is controlled by the Wyatts at this point, isn't it? Or is it I still, think the Wyatts control. Is it still controlled yeah. by the Undertaker? No, I think the Wyatts control lightning. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's getting that to all work. You know, no, it, that was that was really awesome. It was really, it, it was cool because it felt like a surprise, and I guess it technically yeah. was. Yeah. But I mean, eight people wrestling at once. Yeah, pretty cool. Um. Yeah, Rusev. And then the main event uh, was AJ Styles, mm-hmm. the newly returned Seth Rollins, and the champ Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And it was a championship match. And I thought, you know, the big pay-per-view is Sunday. We're right. here in Salt Lake on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Maybe that belt will change hands on a non-televised program. Yeah, it could. Anything can happen. Because anything can happen. In, in, in kind of a smaller market, too. Yeah. Not, not in L.A. or Madison Square Garden. Let's just have... So anything oh, yeah. can happen. Yeah, anything. Yeah. We could have a new champion. It's a title match. And a new they'll champion. They'll have to announce it at the beginning of the pay-per-view. Yeah. Attention. By the way, tonight's title match is no longer <laughs> title match. <laughs> or just be like, your current champion is this person. He lost it in Salt Lake. Yeah. Um, how would that be before there was television? Because this is a... This sports entertainment goes back a hundred years. Well, when I read old, it's really bo- interesting. When I read old books about baseball, it sounds like, like even twenty years ago, the newspaper was way more important than it is now. Oh yeah. I imagine a newspaper in nineteen ten was like the internet, television, radio, everything oh, of in one. Yeah. So it must have just. They must be lots and lots of reporters there with you know pencils and hats that say press on them. Yeah, and, and I'm going like, back and telegraphing like, it. In we Morse gotta code. get this in. Boss, yeah. the big news. Dean Ambrose wins. That's another interesting thing about it, too, is back in the day, they worked much harder to protect the... Uh, it's called kayfabe, and that's an old carny term. Mm-hmm. And they would work really hard to protect the kayfabe, which was the idea that it was real. Right. And so if a good guy wrestler and a bad guy wrestler went to lunch together, they'd get suspended or fined. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad guy wrestlers could, wouldn't, weren't allowed to sign autographs. Like, even mm-hmm. outside, in their normal life, they had to act like dicks. Mm-hmm. And... And then they'd beat you up if, if someone came up and said, ah, oh, it's fake. Then they'd be like, oh, you think this is fake? And then they uh, cause an injury and you sue them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway, the main event, Roman Reigns did ha- maintain his title. Yeah. I think because AJ Styles and Seth Rollins just weren't on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that, that there wasn't a real disconnect in, in <laughs> any kind of teamwork, which, 
You know, l- like we were talking himself. about miniature golfing. You could be hit in the back with a golf club at any moment from your closest friend. Yeah. So it's a it's an anxiety ridden uh, industry. Yeah. So anyway, that's a great wait. Was that so? Time. Which is so? Th- I, I was having problems with the ref. He didn't seem like he That's was. That's right. We need to talk about that. So I was. I was. You having, were very interactive. I was this very. Event. Yeah. I was. I was. I was yelling a lot. Yeah. So I, I had a lot of disagreements about how many, how, how, what the count was. Yeah. There was a lot of times where it should have been three and it was two, and there's a lot of times where it should have been two and it was three. Yeah. And there was. Uh, so you yelled at the ref. You said, "Come on, that was three. <laughs> and he points at you and holds up two fingers and shakes his head. Nope, that was two. So yeah, and that was fun. And then I liked it when you kept saying, "Mind your own business, ref." I yeah, well, he was just buttoning in. Is yeah. how I viewed it. Yeah, let's let this work, like play out. See how it well, plays I thought out. this was supposed to be a no holds barred Salt Lake City street fight. Right. And suddenly, this ref's getting in there saying, "You can't put that yeah. chair there." No holds barred means no rules, as far as I know. Yeah. So, and then it was strange how, as soon as the event ended, the ref took off his ref shirt. And put on <laughs> started breaking down. And put on a T-shirt, and then got a wrench and started dismantling that, the ring. That, that might, was the strangest thing in the world. That to me. might have, uh, talk about kayfabe that blows my mind. Like, yeah. uh, like they should have protected that. It, that was to me maybe the weirdest part of the whole night. Yeah. Is to see the guy that had just been a ref starting to break down the ring, starting to wrench things, roll up mats. Yeah, I was like, this dude has Take to the pads off. This the guy corners. has to break it down. And I wonder if that's a Vince McMahon thing. Like, uh, oh, it totally is, huh? <laughs> you know, what do you need to do after the match? You're just gonna go. Yeah. You're just gonna go back to your hotel room. Got a wrench. There's all this. There's work to do. Yeah. So this was all kind of a sneak peek of the big Money in the Bank pay per view, mm-hmm. um, which is the, this past Sunday. This past Sunday. No, you didn't see it. There, uh, Breezango. Oh, I'm so I have to see this. So Tyler Breeze, uh, who his, his might gimmick, be my fa- he might be my favorite wrestler. Yeah, his gimmick is that he's a male model, mm-hmm. and when he comes out to the ring, he's videotaping himself with a selfie stick. Right, and then it's it's playing the video up on the big monitor behind him. Yeah, so he's always doing his hair and Duck doing face. that like it's, it's very yeah, it's face. very Zoolander. Yeah, but he's teamed up with Fandango, whose gimmick is that he's a tango dancer, mm-hmm. and I like it because it's rare these days for wrestlers to have day jobs. Right. How come but wrestlers don't have day jobs anymore? Is not, it just because the TV money's there? They don't have to. It must be the internet, or there's, or it's just gotten the industry's gotten bigger. You no longer have to be a firefighter and wrestle at night. Yeah, I mean, or, just or be a guy that owns a junkyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so just off the top of our heads, what other careers did professional wrestlers have? There was a matador. Okay. Uh, there is a there is an undertaker. Right. So do, um, do you think the undertaker's actually like meeting with families and and preparing oh, yeah. preparing the body for funerals? Yeah, he's. Is there a difference between an undertaker and a mortician? I'm not sure. I don't know. I just realized, as I was talking, I just realized, (laughs) just like vice principals, I have no idea what undertakers do. Yeah, maybe the undertaker is just the guy in the Old West that puts him in a wagon. Well, then who's the guy that builds the actual coffins? That seems like something an undertaker would do. Yeah, probably. Yeah. but uh, So, yeah, junkyard owner, um, cop slash security guard, Mm. uh, repo man, uh, voodoo priest. Is that a paid Um, gig, though? I don't know if that's a paid gig. No, I guess paid probably rely on donations. Yeah. yeah. Um, Native American shaman again, probably not a paid gig. Nope. Um, parrot wrangler. <laughs> Mad, did I say matador? Yeah, Matador's a big matador. one. Matador. Uh, I mean, what else? I'm, what I can't jobs? even. Offhand, I'm not thinking of any any occupations. Oh, tax tax man. Okay. There yeah. Was, there was a guy who yeah. was a tax preparer. He, he was a villain for sure. Yeah. Uh, but um, so these guys are the rare guys that have day jobs, and they came out and they were at a disadvantage 
because the event was in Las Vegas and they were really sunburned. Did you see this? What? So Tyler Breeze and Fandango come out and they're bright red and they have like even like blisters. <laughs> and what? They because they got sunburned by they, the pool. They like went. They literally went and sat out by the pool. All no, day? I, no, it was like stage makeup. Oh. But the deal was like, uh oh, I don't know if these guys are gonna have a good match because they spent so much time at the pool they got sunburned. That is amazing. So they were fighting our truth and gold dust who just spent the whole match slapping them. <laughs> oh, that's so and then amazing. And then they like wince and like ah. Oh, that's so brilliant. Yeah. I, I love that. I got to yeah. watch that. Then, uh, then Dean Ambrose won the Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, Seth Rollins beat Roman Reigns for the title. Dean Ambrose immediately cashed it in and won. Yeah. Um, now, my brother told me. I was shocked. I, w- I was like, yeah. and I had no one to talk to. It was me watching it alone. My girlfriend's watching Game of Thrones or something, and I'm like, I'm like, where's my dog? Yeah. I'm like, Dean Ambrose is the world champion. Well, and you texted me and you said, holy shit, are you watching this? And I was like, oh, I'm about to start. So you could have <laughs> talked to me about it in another three and a half hours, I guess. <laughs> it was well, already pretty late. Uh, yeah. But so, yes, Dean Ambrose won it. Um, my brother, Mike, specifically asked for a shout out. Because when these three guys first came into the league, they were a team called The Shield. Mm-hmm. And I think their gimmick was that they were supposed to be like Bane from Batman. They dressed like Bane. Yeah, without the and, and Roman Reigns still kind of dresses like Bane yeah, a little bit with the bulletproof vest thing, and he's got the he's got the pants tucked into his combat boots yeah. and stuff. And they would do this thing that they were fighting for the people, or yeah, a, a, a thing that I really love about this might I might love about about wrestling more than anything is the whole idea that the company is bad and hates the wrestlers and doesn't want them to succeed, and then the wrestlers who are their employees, yeah. are somehow taking on the company by wrestling anyway, even though they don't want them to. And that's another question I have about the sport that I, I hope we, we, get to that? I hope we okay, could discuss. We'll get to that. Now, let's get to it now, though. Okay. Is, um, the boss... Imagine this profession where the boss hates you. Like, hates imagine, you. imagine if Joe Torre hated... Well, actually, the Yankees might hate A-Rod. But yeah, that's, imagine, that's true. Imagine if Phil Jackson hated Shaq. Mm-hmm. And before the games, he would be like, Shaq, you sweaty. More than can't, can't make your free throws. I am. I just I want to fire you. I want you off this team, Shaq. <laughs> no. And Shaq being like, well, I'm going to go play anyway. And then Shaq going out and, and you know, pulling it's, down 35 rebounds. And uh, Phil Jackson being like, damn it. Yeah, it's I more can't than fire that. you because yeah, you scored 50 points. It's more than that because not, not only do they hate them personally, they want them to fail. Yeah. So they want them to... Sometimes they'll set up games just... To, so this will be like a game where, like, oh, tonight you're playing the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> yeah. And you're, like, happy because you're going to finally humiliate the player on your own team that you could fire at any moment. Yeah, Phil Jackson hates Shaq so much that he's going to make <laughs> him play without shoes on. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and he'll throw thumbtacks out there, and then Shaq will somehow still win. Yeah, and then Phil Jackson's and, assistant... Uh, What's his? I don't know. Kurt Rambus will come out and kind of kind of trip Shaq, or he'll tie his shoelaces together, give him a hot foot, and then cover the uh, like distract the 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 ref. Yeah. So he'll look down right when when Shaq's fouled. Yeah. And Phil Jackson will be like, "I told you, Shaq, if you miss more free throws, you're <laughs> off the team. You'll never be a champion." <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do everything in my power to make sure you're never a champion, but I am gonna let you have. Shots at the title every night mm. for three months on television. And I'm going to keep you employed. And I'm just not going to fire I'm not going to fire you. And, with... and furthermore, why do I hate you in the first place? Never explained. There's no reason. 
Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's very vague. Yeah, because they they do a lot of this. You're you're the company man now. You're a company man. Yeah, but I mean, what does that <laughs> actually mean? Everyone is a company man there. They all work there. That's how they get their livelihood. They That's get how they paid. put food on the table. I know. If they really wanted to go versus like go against these wrestlers, stop paying them. Yeah. If you really want to upset them and get even, <laughs> looks like you're gonna lose your house. <laughs> you know that bonus check. And then just rip it up in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it into the air. Looks like your mortgage is going to be late again. <laughs> because I hate you for no reason. Because I hate you. I hate everything about you. So, so yeah. So, my brother wanted us to say that, and this is true. I remember this. When The Shield first debuted in about 2012, mm-hmm. and they were around for a while, he said, watch that Dean Ambrose guy. He's going to be the breakout. He's going places. Really? That guy's got it. And now Dean Ambrose is the champion. It looks like he's maybe going to have a long championship run. You think so? Fans love him. Ratings are up. He, he is beloved. Yeah. Ratings went way up after he won the title, too. Really? So, yeah. Huh. So my brother, good job. Wow, that he one. called he's it. He's a real connoisseur. Yeah. Uh, and then today they announced that Roman Reigns is suspended 30 days for violating the talent wellness policy, which could mean steroids, painkillers, mm-hmm. not marijuana. That's, that's I just imagine. I imagine that in wrestling, you are going to be suspended if they don't find steroids in your system, right? It's got to be it, right? I don't think it's physically possible for these guys to get as pumped as they are. Yeah. Because we, we saw Roman Reigns close up. Yeah. We, we, were, we were just across the room from him. He looked like some kind of mutated monster. He looked like a shaved werewolf. <laughs> he looked like it was, it was, he was just a monster man. Yeah. And and then if so, clearly he is injecting all kinds of things into him. Yeah, all sorts of weird brews. And they, I mean, they, and they work out constantly. It's not like steroids; just you take a pill oh, yeah. and get muscles. Right. But still, I just don't think there's any way these guys get that mm-hmm. pumped. But anyway, suspended. So maybe the Roman Reigns era is over. Roman Reigns, very controversial champion because. The fans just didn't like him for some reason. Why doesn't he's dorky? He's way he's dorky. dorky. He only has two moves, and neither mm. of them are very cool. They're, yeah, they're they're like a toddler's moves. They're not even real wrestling moves. Yeah, he cocks his wrist the way you would cock a gun, uh, like a shotgun. Yeah, and then, and then he punches the ground. No, does he t- hit no, the he ground? No, he touches first. the ground like Superman is about to take off. Yeah, and then he jumps and punches you. So that's the Superman punch, and then the other, well, the cocking the hand is just makes his punch extra lethal, right? It's just a warning. It's just like, hey man, you're about to get punched. Okay. I'm going to warn you. He's got two tells. <laughs> so, like, I'm there, and I'm fighting him. And I'm just thinking, I hope he doesn't punch me, because he punches harder than the other guys. Right. Because someone else can punch, but it doesn't hurt as bad as when he punches. Yeah. But then he cocks his arm, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, shit, he's going to punch me. And then he crouches down and touches the ring. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, it's coming. It's coming, and it's going to hurt. Right. <laughs> now he's jumping into the air. Oh no! And then it connects. Yeah, and then like, you're out. You're knocked out. Yeah, you're out. You're you're borderline dead. Yeah. And if only there was a way to avoid being punched that way. And he also does the spear. Is that his thing alone, or do other people do that? Goldberg back in the '90s pioneered the spear. Did he? Yeah, and it's basically like a football tackle. Yeah. Like you're trying to so sack that's, Tom Brady. So that, that's not really a Roman Reigns thing, then. But I noticed in the live because I've always heard that about him and thought, oh, you're just being a too smart for your own good fan. Being a hater. But the live show, I noticed, he he just doesn't do anything except those two moves. He doesn't even really grapple or slap or... But was that the the big reason people didn't like him? 
with that and that he just got this he got um okay that's a like a fourth dimension to wrestling fandom mm-hmm. is not just liking it but also just voraciously following behind the scenes rumors and gossip Mm-hmm. And then somehow getting involved in office politics of a job that you don't have. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of office politics in this since it's predetermined mm-hmm. the outcome. And for some reason, the fans feel invested in that as though they worked there as well. Right. So Roman gets this. He's not very popular, but suddenly he gets pushed into the championship picture. And the fans are like, but we like this other guy better. How come he's not getting the championship? And he's paid his dues, this other guy. Yeah. And then as, as Dean Ambrose said in this behind the scenes interview I saw. And we'll try to find this and post it. Okay. Is Dean Ambrose sitting on a couch with a beer in his hand. And he goes, come on, man. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> We're out there in our underpants pretending to fight. And all these people act like it's the end of the world. It's wrestling, man. It's just fun and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he said it perfect. Yeah, so that he nailed it. He um, nailed it. Yeah. Wow, that's but he's our champion now. I love him. That's actually my my girlfriend likes likes Becky Lynch. She bought the the goggles, the Becky Lynch goggles. Yeah. So, so she was excited to see her, and then she likes the crazy guy, as she calls him. <laughs> yeah, Dean Ambrose is and, a and, lunatic. And, yeah, he's a lunatic. If you just hear that offhand, you you have to say, "Will you be more specific?" <laughs> yeah. The crazy. Are you talking about the? Grown man that, that that is a biker? Are you talking about... Are you talking about the guy that controls electricity yeah, yeah, with it... his uh, southern swamp magic? <laughs> Which one is the crazy one? Yeah. Um, so I do have... We, we've addressed a lot of these. I have some more questions. Okay. Um, so a, lot of, a, big, a big part of wrestling, too, is that you can enter this workplace mm-hmm. and, and interfere with people doing their jobs when you're not actually employed there. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's a very unique thing, a what, very what unique you... part of the American workplace. Well, let's say, let's say two guys are fighting, and then suddenly the lights go out, mm-hmm. and some music starts playing, and a guy emerges from backstage mm-hmm. who doesn't even work for WWE. Oh, yeah. He was wrestling in Japan. How did he get here? Right. And he comes in, and he says, I'm finally here to clean up you bunch of turkeys. Mm-hmm. So this guy doesn't work there, but he got into the building somehow. Right. He, did he bring a USB with his own music? He must have. He must have brought like a burned CD and said, in exact, at, at exactly 10.15, play my music and put, turn the lights on and make sure fire comes out of the stage. Yeah. So yeah. he's, he's got to coordinate a little bit, I guess. Yeah, so he's got, there must be a lot of cash flowing around, a lot of bribes. I was thinking it was more intimidation. Like they walk up growling like, you better play my oh, intro music. Because the sound engineer at the arena, the guy there with the six-disc changer mm-hmm. and the list of when he's supposed to play the music, mm-hmm. he's gonna, yeah, he's probably a little, a little wiener. Yeah, he's a little wiener. He's got a little pot belly. And then like this giant monster man comes in and he, he probably wets his pants. Yeah, he's like, did says, you have your badge? And, he, and then when he gets yelled out later, he just goes, I'm not going to die from my job yeah this man me, was huge told me to play this cd so he could go yell at these guys that he's never mm-hmm. met before yep um okay yeah that makes sense then um now these guys they all hate each other but they must i mean there's you know they come play in salt lake and there's a hotel next to the arena right so are these guys that hate each other do they then go have to stand in line behind each other to check in well hopefully do they see each other in the buffet well that that's what you try to avoid that I, I think there's a lot of people and their entire job is making sure that these wrestlers don't bump into each other at the Starbucks in the lobby yeah because they'll be you know they'll be like chairs thrown they'll Re- be revenge will be they'll declared. be yeah revenge will be declared so it's got to be a full maybe different floors yeah. maybe it's unavoidable. Maybe they just think this is the price for wrestling is we have to break a few hotel windows every single city <laughs> every we go time. to. That could be. Well, especially when you're a lunatic. Right. 
Um, and we've established these are lunatics. Um, I, I do think it's interesting that they air their office politics in public on a microphone. Mm-hmm. But what I like, too, is when it, sometimes they just, they've had enough. So they're both facing each other, holding mm. a microphone and yelling at each other. Right. And then finally, that's enough. They drop the microphone, continue yelling at each other, mm-hmm. and then start punching. So what, what's, what's about that? Well, not, I mean, it's just, not it normal. just seems odd. I mean, does that, do you do that at your workplace? Would I, would I be, you know, maybe, uh, maybe the office manager didn't order oh, new so batteries so for my mouse. Oh, okay. So, so you're saying that the wrestling is not separate from the actual uh, company. So this would be like me going to my boss and, being, and like just pushing everything off the desk because there, there weren't enough envelopes. Yeah, because, they, yeah, they didn't order new batteries for your mouse. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, let's go to uh, the subway at lunchtime where there's going to be a bunch of people mm-hmm. and start yelling at each other. Okay. Yeah, that is a little odd now that you, you yeah. say it that way. Um, why do foreign guys even try? That's, that's, that's just a quick question. Well, l- l- like that. I brought up earlier, when Rusev d- d- dedicated the uh, American championship belt to Putin, to yeah. the match, and then the entire arena booed, and the look on his face just, he yeah. utter disbelief. Why would Americans boo at someone dedicating an American championship to the, the Russian president? He's not the president now, is he? Prime minister, president whatever he or is. Something. Yeah. yeah. He's the Caesar over there now. Yeah. The C- he's the czar. He's the czar. C- yeah. yeah. Duh. So, yeah, and that's another thing is insulting the cities you're in and then being upset when, I guess you're just in such that weird world. Mm-hmm. That when you say that Cincinnati is uh, America's toilet, right? You just think that everyone in Cincinnati is going to agree with you because uh-huh. it is. It's like, but it is a toilet. It's like it's like me being, saying you're being... wearing a blue shirt, and then me being outraged because yeah. my shirt is clearly blue. Yeah, I th- I think it's one of those. Yeah, I think they just they're just sincere people, and they okay, and they yeah. just and they thought, well, I'm just going to say exactly what I don't like about this place. Yeah. And air my grievances because they've already set, established that the best way to air your grievances in your job is is in is, is in public with violence and anger. Yeah. So why not do the same thing about just you know in your social life when you're just trying to t- kind of talk to some people? Yeah. Just be like, boy, you people sure are ugly. And then he's like, what? They but they are ugly. They are, why okay, are they booing me? They're so ugly. I've never ever been to a city that smells as bad. As Dayton, Ohio. Right. Or had uglier people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Uh, Lana, who is uh, vaguely Russian, mm-hmm. said that Salt Lake City doesn't have any real men. Yeah. And I, I again. Oh, I, g- I gave her a thumbs down. Yeah. That was that like, I was booing. I was saying, yeah. there's plenty of men here. Um, why do they, they have three hours of live television to fill every Monday night. Mm-hmm. It's never planned in advance. So how how are the people in the producing this show? Now we were just on a television show, mm-hmm. and it was it was very well produced. They had things planned out. There was a little bit of wing in it, right? But they knew what they were doing down to the down to the minute mm-hmm. for the most part. So a wrestling show opens up. The fireworks go off. Welcome to Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. and it's a producer back there just going like just chugging Pepto Bismol. Like I don't know I don't know what's going to happen. Cause and then cause... luckily Chris Jericho comes out and starts yelling at people. Mm-hmm. And then luckily, and then I guess everyone's backstage watching Jericho yell, mm-hmm. and he's and he's insulting someone. Maybe he's insulting Dean Ambrose, and Dean Ambrose is backstage watching on a monitor. And finally, he's like, "You know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I've had enough of I've this. I've had enough of this bad lip sound guy. Hit my music in five seconds. Wait, so, hit my music in ten seconds. I got to go dip my hair in some water. Right. So, so yeah. So being a producer on this must be 
a tightrope act you can't even imagine. So stressful. The stress of it. Where you're like, what, what's she doing? What, why is she doing? She, all right, yeah. lo- looks like Lana's on the way to the ring. Hurry, hurry, get me, get, cue her music. Cue me, she's going out there. She's angry. Yeah. Cue the music. Oh, this is so good. I'm so glad these two guys are mad at each other. Hang on, I'm going to go out there. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go out there. All right, looks like you two have quite a beef. Well, guess what? Tonight in the main event. So they have no main event planned and no opening plan. Mm-hmm. They plan three matches in the middle of this three-hour show. That's and then true. the rest are just like... Let's just see what happens. We'll find out tonight yeah. who's going to go all the way. Uh, another thing that, I, that must be real stressful is a lot of times they'll have some kind of contract for a big match. So they'll bring two <laughs> rivals out to yeah. sign this contract. Yeah. And so the producer must be like, okay, they're signing it. He's signing it. Get ready to cue the music. What, what are they doing? They're fighting. They're fighting. They're, this is supposed to just be a contract signing. What is going on? Why did we put a table and chairs in who's the middle the, of the ring? Oh, no. Who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> does, this, does that guy even work for us? Who is he? Well, what's his... I, I just put some music on. I don't know. Why does this guy show up in tights and boots who doesn't even work for us and he has his own music? <laughs> well, wait, 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 wait. We can save this. We can, we can save, save this. Okay. All right, next week. All right, spin it, spin it. Next week, you three. Um, why is there not instant replay or backup refs? Now, this happened twice at Money in the Bank where the ref got knocked out. Why are the refs so uh, undurable where a slight uh, accidental elbow to the face will knock them out for several minutes? Well, these are monster men. And then they, they don't get medical attention. Yeah, I, I think... <laughs> so can you imagine if an umpire in baseball got hit, hit with, with a foul ball, ball and was knocked out, and, they and, then they were just, and they just kept stealing the base? They kept stealing bases and playing... In fact, playing worse. Playing worse, yeah. And, then and Vin, cheating. Vin Scully's going, well, he stole the base again, and technically he was tagged out, but the umpire is down. The umpire is unconscious. He didn't see. Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's wow, that's really a wild... And the, yeah, it's very interesting because there's the, just that one ref. When there's just the one. You look at football out. or baseball, there's like 10 of them. Yeah. There's, Every different angle. There, you would think they would stop immediately, get the ref medical attention, but instead they just keep going. The announcers are like, well, great. He just pinned him, but the ref was out. Right. So there's no one in the back going, okay, wait, wait, wait. No, that was a clear pin. We're going to call that. Mm-hmm. Again, the guy in the back just. No replay. Tons. There's no, yeah. And then the ref gets, the ref finally comes to and is like, immediately, back to work. <laughs> like, I've been unconscious for five minutes. I have a concussion. Yeah, that's like, I that's, have permanent brain damage. That's like if you're mowing your lawn and then you just you get a heat stroke and pass out because there's no whiskey handy. And then you wake up and you're just pushing people out of the way. Get out of my way. I got to start mowing again. <laughs> yeah. I got to start mowing. So, besides the refs being very fragile, they're also so easily distracted. Oh, yeah. So, if there is uh, a woman on the side of the ring who calls the ref a fathead, mm. the ref is going to turn around and say, Listen, lady, mm. that's enough of you calling me a fathead. Mm. You have to go to the back. And you can't stay on here. And he's going to really spell it out to her in detail. In detail with big, broad hand yeah. gestures. No, no, you, no, sir. You cannot bring that trombone in this ring. You put that trombone put, away. Put the trombone you away. You put that trombone away. Wait, what's going on? Oh, <laughs> shit, my job. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Oh, the guy, well, there's a guy, suddenly. They're both, on the, they're both knocked out. Who knocked who out? I don't know what happened. <laughs> I turned around to yell and tell him to put his trombone away. And I turned back around. Bray Wyatt was unconscious. And then how do you explain that to your boss? Yeah. And you're like, well, your one job is to, it's to tap someone, you know, count them out. Yeah. And presumably, this is all captured on tape because I'm mm. watching it from miles away. That's true. <laughs> As if only they had some sort of way to replay that footage. Um. And then the heel turns. We talked about that turning on your friend during miniature golf. Life's complicated. That one's not so black and white. But let's say you and I go to have a podcast off with uh, uh, 
the, the ancillary characters podcast. Okay. And we're having a podcast off. Right. Classic podcast yeah. off. And then at the end, I take off my headphones, hit you with my microphone, mm-hmm. and then go over to where they have conveniently placed a, another microphone for the- me to start talking. And I say, you're a loser. I'm on this podcast now. Why do they go through the rigmarole of having the match? Well, part of it, part of it is humiliate. Part of it is when you're really mad at someone, you don't just want to say, "I'm done being friends." You want to yeah. really betray them and humiliate them. So you wait. So you go out there and you fight the guys who are going to be your new enemies mm. or your new allies. Mm-hmm. And give it your all. And then at the last second, when you you're supposed to h- shake hands with your friends, you just punch them in the face. Yeah, could just be a spontaneous thing. I guess that's it. They're, if they're, if they're, we've learned anything, they are hot tempered. They're they're hot tempered. So this could be an emotional decision. Um, and then I guess the last one is uh, my brother helped me with a lot of these. I might, I maybe skipped some, but who cares? My last question is why do these elite athletes have such a hard time climbing ladders and cages? It's they're Yeah, that's true. Cause it's, I've seen, very I've seen them run it, and leap yeah. off a, a, a tight rope and flip around. But when it comes time to climb a ladder, it's, it's like me it's, yeah. climbing a ladder. No, it's like molasses. Yeah. They're going up so slow and they're, Oh, I love the ladder matches. So in, in a lot of the ladder matches, the prize is hanging above, from, yeah. above the ring. So you have to get to the top of the ladder and then reach up and grab and the, like unhook the belt unhook or the, the briefcase belts. or yeah. something. And it, and and the the trek to the top, those fourteen steps, they are just going like every step. They stop to make sure they're sturdy on that step, yeah. and they're well. Then they reach up to the thing. You have to grab like a carabiner and unhook it, mm-hmm. but they'll just start batting it around like my cat yeah. playing with a mouse on a string. <laughs> they'll start batting this briefcase like it's just going to fall down from the chain it's on. And never once during this this ascension up the ladder do they look down to see if anyone is going to push it over. They they are just it's just out of like the rug being pulled from under them the ladder being pulled from under it them it literally is they'll go flying backwards. Well, I I can I can easily say it was the best night of my life. It was super fun. I bought a medallion. I'll post a picture of my medallion. Nice. And uh, I've been wearing it semi ironically, but I think it's really cool. <laughs> it was a good purchase. My faux diamond and gold WWE logo medallion. Look, I it looks love it. it looks sharp, man. Um, just one last thing. I, I have a copy of Utah Historical Quarterly from fall 1987. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have about 10 of these Utah Historical Quarterlies. They're my prized possession. They're so great. Mm-hmm. I don't think they print them anymore. But this has a, uh, an article from a guy that worked at the Deseret News. And his job every Friday was going to the Fairgrounds Coliseum and photographing the wrestling matches. That's cool. Um, so these pictures are amazing, and I'll scan some of these and post them. And, and by scan, I mean take a blurry picture with my phone <laughs> where you can see the shadow of my head over it <laughs> and yeah. a big reflection. It's probably smart. But uh, he's got a bunch of pictures of Gorgeous George, who was famous in the 50s mm-hmm. as kind of the first. There's always a pretty boy dandy wrestler. Yeah. So we talked about Tyler Breeze. This was his but he, predecessor. But he, he was really horrifying. <laughs> he was like pretty in a, a weird way. Oh, but pretty is just because he had curly blonde right, hair. Right. He, looks like, he looks like a Lord of the Rings goblin. <laughs> <laughs> but he would wear the feather boa. Right, right. And what I liked about like him. Like a, a robe. He had a butler that would follow him into the ring, <laughs> yeah. spritzing uh, perfume into the air. Mm-hmm. Um, the cool part, too, is how the audience is all middle-aged men and women in suits and fedoras. The fedoras. And, yeah, <laughs> to go see wrestling at the fairgrounds. Wow. Um, here's a guy named Blimp, who is 600 pounds. In uh, the 50s? Yeah, he had to have one chair for each half of his butt. That must be the fattest. That is in the 19... 19- wow, that yeah. is kind of... Tr- 
blown me away. Uh, believe it or not, died young of a heart attack. <laughs> Very sad. Um, he's some, some women wrestlers, and it's too bad because the, the guy's narrating this, and he goes, I don't remember their names, but these are some awesome pictures. Oh, those are pretty awesome. Yeah. And, uh, but the coolest was the local wrestling promoter was named uh, Olafsson, I think. Phil, mm-hmm. Phil Olafsson. He was a Swedish skier, championship skier, mm-hmm. but then developed a disease that deformed his head. And what, what does that mean? Well, he, lo- he looks like an Easter Island man. Oh, wow. And he was hunting and thought he shot a deer. And then this other hunter went, no, I shot that deer. Ah! <laughs> and the other hunter was a wrestler and was like, okay, you've got a big weird head. Why don't you come be a wrestler? So he was called the Swedish Angel and eventually was the promoter of all this. So there he is with his Easter Island. I mean, wow, what disease is that? I know that's a really rude thing to say, but uh, it is descriptive. Like like, like those statues. I'm trying to paint a picture for our listeners. Huh. What disease is that? What's it called? Uh, It doesn't say, it just says a disease. I do know that that, um, when you're using human growth hormone, that can be one of the side effects is it makes your chin and your forehead like bigger. Mm-hmm. So you've got that sort of caveman forehead. Right. So, so kids don't use human growth hormone. Except when it's really hot. Sometimes th- that's a good way to cool down during a heat wave. Well, cause then if you're bigger, you have more surface area to diffuse mm-hmm. the heat. Well, the bigger your forehead, the bigger the sweat band you can make. That's, and that's true. covering more of your head. It keeps you cooler. It's just simple math. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but there we go. That was exactly one hour of wrestling talk. All right. Well, I've got, so I hope you all enjoyed it right in with your own wrestling information. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time to move on. To right. You. Well, this will be less than one hour. Hopefully this next segment where we're going to blow your speakers. So, the segment Blow Your Speakers is my attempt to become a metal elitist, one heavy metal album at a time. So this week I went with the godfather of, of metal. This is the, the big daddy. Who would you guess it is? Who would you say is the godfather of metal? Hmm. Are there other things of metal? Is there a clown prince of metal? Is I'm not even sure a... godfather. I was thinking about this because I think he actually literally is kind of in the public known as the godfather of metal. But well, if the godfather of soul is James Brown, mm-hmm. the godfather of metal can only be Ozzy Osbourne. Right. You nailed it. Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne of Black Sabbath fame and of solo fame and of just everyone knows who Ozzy is. And so I went this week, I was going to do Black Sabbath maybe, but this week I went with Blizzard of Oz, the first solo album by Ozzy Osbourne. So Blizzard of Oz, March 27th, 1981, it was released in the U.S. It's the first solo release following Ozzy's 1979 firing from Black Sabbath. Now, this is, this is an era where, where where Ozzy was, I don't know how much drugs he's done in his life or how much drinking, but this seems to be kind of around the apex of when he really, he was, he was a, a gold medal substance abuser during this. He, he was such a pain that they had, they had to kick him out of Black Sabbath, from what I understand. Because I guess the last recording he did with them, he, they had to re-record his vocals all the time, and he was just, like, just laying around drunk and on drugs. Boy, yeah, let's break that down, too, because if he got kicked out, if you're going to kick out the singer of your band, mm-hmm. that's got to be 
pretty serious. And and he and and it's not, not just artistic differences. If it's like you're the face and singer of our band, but and, we can't keep working with right. you. Right, and that that's that's yeah. So that means, but I've read differing uh, accounts that say that they were all on drugs, which I mean they were, and they and they, they were all no better than Ozzy. But I don't know. I sort of I sort of believe it because just Ozzy just seems like. He's kind of, you know, he's the godfather of metal. He's kind of wild. So this is the, uh, this is kind of where Randy Rhodes comes to prominence in, in metal because he's the guitarist for the first two Ozzy albums. He tragically died in a plane crash when they all, have you heard about Randy Rhodes? Yeah, yeah. But tell, so what, why is he important? He's just, he's just a good guitarist. He, okay. He, he just, everyone loved him. He, he was a great songwriter. Because th- this is what I've always been curious about Ozzy. Because in Black Sabbath, you know, he's the singer, and then there's the band writing music. And I, I don't really understand how singers, unless they also play a lot of instruments, like Damon Albarn or something from Blur. Yeah. Like, I don't see how much they're actually writing of the song. So th- th- it's, it's, it's... Is that how it works? Like, so Ozzy shows up, and they go, okay, we got this. And he's like, okay, I am Aquaman. Well, yeah. No, 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 not Aquaman. I, I am Aquaman. Iron- maybe Iron Man. Iron yeah. Man. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> the, so this was written by guitarist Randy Rhodes, bassist Bob Daisley, and Ozzy Osbourne in, in their rehearsal place. And so I guess they were all kind of jamming. And originally the band was, was called Blizzard of Oz. Oh, cool. And, and this, is a, this is kind of reading about this. I'm not sure w- if this is Ozzy being like a, a shithead or if this is you know, the, the classic big record label where they do stuff, they're so powerful, they just do things. So the, originally it was going to be called Blizzard of Oz really big, and then it was going to have Ozzy Osbourne written small on the record cover. Oh. Because that's the band, but they want people to know this features Ozzy Osbourne of Black Sabbath, right? So the record comes out, and it's the opposite. It's Ozzy Osbourne huge, and then Blizzard of Oz little, as if the album's title is Blizzard of Oz. So it's not even technically the name of the album. Everyone just thinks it is. Interesting. And so these other two guys that were probably the biggest part of the songwriting, the guitarist and the bass, they were really pissed, apparently, <laughs> when the album came out, and it was, it was Ozzy Osbourne's solo artist. So that, that was kind of interesting, and, and, and there's differing accounts. There, Ozzy's kind of saying it was a record label, and then everyone just points, you know, blame on on each other. So that I found that really interesting. Uh, this this is the record that has Crazy Train on it. Oh, okay. Now you've, and that's become one of his defining songs. I'd say it's even one of the defining songs of all of rock and roll. It kind of is, and it's it's in a lot. You'll see it in a lot of car commercials. You'll see it in all kinds of stuff. My entire life, I've heard it since sporting I was, events. Sporting events, yeah, big on sporting events. Yeah. I've heard it my entire life. My entire life since I was a child. And I, I always thought it was about Ozzy talking about how insane he was. And if you listen to lyrics, it's actually about, about how the world's full of like war and that's crazy. He's basically saying the world's a crazy train and he wants to get off of it. Oh, huh. So it's, it was the fir- it's the first time in my entire life that I was like, wow, okay, that makes sense. Ozzy just wants peace. He doesn't want any more violence. He thinks the world is crazy. And I, so that was a real eye-opening. It was one of those things where you finally understand the lyrics to a song, and you, and I don't know. It was just that was. Just I've never weird. paid attention to the lyrics. That's interesting. Well, I just thought like all aboard, <laughs> he's like gone crazy. Like he's a lunatic. And then I'm going off the rails on the crazy train. Like I'm so crazy, I'm going off the rails. Yeah. But he's just saying the world's crazy. I want to get off of it. So I thought it was interesting. This is a hard 
metal to describe because it doesn't exactly sound like Black Sabbath. It's it's almost like if there was a default setting for metal, where if you're like, okay, what is what is the 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 metal song that just comes with reality? So it's <laughs> like if if life was an iPod and then there was different genres. What is the default setting? It's it's Aussie. So if you're, or you're watching Friends and Chandler's driving and flipping through the radio channels, mm-hmm. and you hear like some big band music, and then you right. hear some metal music. Right. Like, oh, that's too loud. It's like just the generic. It's that music. It's kind. It's kind of rocking, kind of not, kind of catchy, kind of harsh. It's it's very pleasant. It's very radio friendly as far as a lot. Well, yeah, and I wonder at the time if it was so dangerous because now it it's almost like pop music mm-hmm. because it's it's very just slick and yeah, like you've described. Yeah, it's hard to imagine it being because this album has Suicide Solution on it. Which is oh, that's, that's which is controversial. Th- in the, ver- the early '80s, there was this huge controversy about about heavy metal and Dungeons and Dragons making teenagers kill themselves. Yeah, and there was all these hearings, you know, and it was it was ridiculous. Even as a little kid, I thought it was really stupid. Oh, I was I bought into it. You did? Yeah, I thought it was real. I was terrified you, that the music would make you kill yourself. Yeah, n- well, not even that, but just that it was like sinister, evil stuff. I mean, Do you know I what? Didn't... It actually in that aspect, it actually did work because I remember when I was in elementary school. I went to some school fair, and someone had a, a Black Sabbath like necklace. Some little kid in like fourth grade yeah. or something. And I remember being like, "Holy shit! Yeah, like, that's crazy." No, that's... I thought it was crazy. I thought it was for degenerates and glue mm-hmm. sniffers. I thought the lo- you know the logos like the Iron Maiden logo and the Motley Crue logo they they frightened me. They're razor sharp. Every band logo looks like you could cut your finger on it. But no, like the mo- like the zombie monster things. Oh, the oh, because we're talking. I was I the was mascot. Oh, I was thinking of the logo. The band's yeah. logos are dangerous. The, yeah, the logos are dangerous. They're, they're, they're very sharp. They're razor sharp. You could, <laughs> you, could, you know how bad you could cut your hand on a Def Leppard. Yeah, that Def Leppard is just like yeah. jagged. But I because th- this but, was when I was so even, impressionable. So like eight. So Eddie. So the zombie. The Iron Maiden zombie. Terrifying. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and I because I was four or five years old and I was seeing this stuff. I had no concept of music or enjoying music. My favorite music was the Star Wars soundtrack. Right. And so I would see this stuff and then hear on the news like heavy metal and long haired guys creeped me out. And I was just, and I kind of, I was kind of still getting over that because I was so impressionable mm-hmm. that even now, like all this metal talk, I'm like, ugh. I mean, I know it's not satanic, and I know it's not going to kill people, but I just have this uh, like instinctual aversion to a lot of it. I don't know. Part because of of that. Part of part of me liking it is is that draw of the kind of dangerous. Because that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because it's because I was a wiener kid. Well, I mean, but I mean, yeah. Clearly, Ozzy Osbourne is is just real dorky, right? And he just has a substance abuse problem. (laughs) Like that's the reality of it. Yeah. But he's like, but he is kind of. You think he's crazy. He's on a crazy train. Yeah. But I mean, you look at some of these other bands that I've talked about where they actually did start killing each other. And just in the news a couple days ago, the singer of some metal band in New York shot three people that were on his property because he said they were stealing his, like, something. Stealing his... His soul. Stealing something. His mojo. But he's like, these are, like there are some... Unsta- uh, speaking of unstable, let's get to it right now, actually. And that is the... Uh, the event that really made this album take off in sales in the U.S. So this had come out earlier in, in the U.K., Blizzard of Oz, and, it, and it was, they were having a hard time with it breaking through on American radio. So uh, Ozzy's manager at the time, which is Sharon Osbourne, but at the time her name was Sharon Arden. 
So, so she thought it would be great if, if we had Ozzy meet with the record executives, just kind of talk about the record get, so they can all meet him and see what he's oh. like. So, mm-hmm. so they drive over there, right? I guess on the limo drive over there, Ozzy had polished off a bottle of brandy. On the way, like apparently, by a bottle, I imagine that's a lot of booze. Yeah, even a pint of brandy is going to probably mess you up if you drink the whole thing in a car ride. Yeah, unless he'd been drinking all day. Polished off could mean that he finally, he finally, finally finished, finished, it. finished it from breakfast. Still a lot of booze. Still a lot of booze. So the plan was she had given him three white doves, and he was supposed to walk out. And then right when they talked about, you know, Blizzard of Oz, he was going to release the doves. <laughs> so he's going to be Job? No, they, yeah, <laughs> literally. Do a magic trick? They literally, so he had three live doves in his pocket. Yeah. So he, he gets out there, and I wish I could do a, an Ozzy impersonation. I just remember the PR woman going on and on at me. In the end, I just said, do you like animals? <laughs> then I pulled out one of these doves, and I bit his fucking head off just to shut her up. I did it again with the next dove, spitting the head out on the table, and the woman fell on the floor screaming. That's when they threw me out. They said I'd never work at CBS again. <laughs> he bit. Wait. Your Ozzy Osbourne impression is Marlon Brando's The Godfather. That's the best I could do. <laughs> You're doing the, like a Guido accent. <laughs> was I? That, that was trying to do whatever. Well, what's your Ozzy? Can you do an Ozzy? Uh, <laughs> let's see. Now it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. No, it's hard to think because it's not just a British accent. It's also like I'll put the fucking head off a. D- it's it's <laughs> it's like a subtle British accent with lots of like slurring because you're on drugs and because your brain's turned into oatmeal a little bit. Yeah. So Ozzy got so drunk and he got so bored that he decided to just take out the the doves and he bit their heads off, and so then he just bit three doves' heads off. This immediately like like he was kicked out of there they escorted him out of the building all that stuff but then the press just this went crazy in the press and within weeks his the album sales just went crazy and he he he, he uh, went four times platinum in the US so this really i always thought that was just an urban legend this is a thing that happened this yeah he got really drunk he was supposed to let the doves go and he bit their heads off instead See so, that's that is uh that is a little scary and scary. a little a little dangerous yeah it terrified the people there the other big story is when he bit the head off a bat at a concert. Oh, but that's... Uh, Someone threw... No, it's true, also. I thought he just put the bat in his, in his mouth. No, because he, he had to go to the hospital and get rabies shots that night. Oh, God. So someone threw a bat on the stage that was dead. He thought it was a fake bat. He thought it was like... Par- which yeah. seems weird. Seems weird you're a rock star and you you got this theatric stage show, but you haven't actually planned this out. So it's like, if you weren't expecting a fake bat then why would you assume it's a fake bat? If you hadn't yeah. said, okay, we, uh, remember the part where I bite all the fake bat heads off? <laughs> he just was on stage, a bat flew on the stage, and he picked it up going, oh, this must be a fake bat that I'm supposed to behead. So he bit the head off of a dead bat, and then after the show, they had to take him to the hospital and give him rabies shots. Uh, the other day, I went to this store that sells dead bats. It was awesome. This was probably less dead than those bats. Yeah. It, was, it was still pretty much a bat. It wasn't a skeleton. Now, now, all this madness being said, I've really been struck with how beautiful Ozzy's voice is. He really has a unique, a unique way of singing. He, it's, it's kind of pretty and, and eerie, and he's just, got, he's just got one of those voices that you can just pick out of a, a crowd of singers, you know? Yeah, when he's like, 
Crazy. That's just how it goes. Crazy. That's just how it goes. Millions of people. Yeah. So it was a good album. I liked it a lot overall. It's. Uh... Oh, one last thing that I loved about it is I was laying in bed listening to it the other night, and there's an acoustic song. Not even acoustic. Yeah, it's an acoustic kind of instrumental. It's just guitar work. And I was listening to it, and I was going, how do I know this? I know this song. And, and then it hit me. It's the song that Mike Shank from American Movie is playing in, in the documentary American Movie, oh. which is one of my all-time <laughs> favorite movies. Yeah. I've seen it 50 times probably. I have a tattoo, an American Movie tattoo. And so I was like, oh, my God, that song Mike Shank is playing is an Aussie song, which makes it so much better. Because I just thought yeah. it was some classical yeah. guitar thing. So, yeah, that, so that was probably the best surprise of the album. But it was good. It was a really good album, solid. One of my favorite things to do when I'm hosting my quizzes is deliberately mispronounce words and see everyone get uncomfortable. so uncomfortable. And Coven is, the, is a big one. Coven. I'll always say Coven. Because that's a big part of American movie yeah. is that the movie's called Coven, and he insists that it's Coven. So, no, because, no, so, no, nah, nah, man, Co- Coven sounds like oven. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, Coven. So I'll always say Coven. A coven of witches. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I guess it's not that often that I'm called on to say coven, but I, I just do. And then everyone's like, just, <laughs> no, <laughs> oven, coven. I was mispronouncing David Bowie a lot. David Bowie, of course, is like my favorite artist. Mm-hmm. And last week I was going Bowie, Bowie, Bawai. And everyone Bawai. like, it's Bowie. It's pronounced Bowie. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. And I was like, do you guys not know that I play Bowie every week? <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> they apparently not. Everybody's yeah. a smarty pants. Yeah. Um, so I want to get to another one of our recurring segments, just real quick, which is Keep Off Degrassi. Now, I still haven't started season three yet of Degrassi Junior High, but mm-hmm. um, the other day I was looking for a podcast to listen to as I fell asleep, because I always listen to podcasts as I fall asleep. Oh, you do? Yeah, because every podcast but ours is boring. Mm-hmm. Puts me right to, Puts sleep. You right to sleep. That's why we're the world champion. That's right. People make it to the end. But I, was, I subscribed to like 50 podcasts and never listened to any of them. So I was right. looking for something new. There's a podcast where, should I say the name of it? No. Okay. No, uh, ri- we uh, never name a rival. I know you're very, you're very opposed to that. There's a podcast where a guy who's a singer of a punk band will interview other famous people uh-huh. about their like, origins and history with punk rock music. Right. It's kind of interesting. You know? And sometimes they're unexpected. Like, I mean, of course, the singer of AFI you expect. Right. But sometimes it's like Anthony Bourdain or other actors or TV oh, personalities. Yeah. So he was really excited uh, a few weeks ago to talk to Amanda Steptoe, who we know as Spike from Degrassi Junior High, the punk no rocker way. with the sticky out hair. No yeah. way. Now, and this guy that hosts the show uh, is also from Toronto. So she's from Toronto. So they kind of were sort of part of the same scene. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting that never occurred to me, and I was just talking about how I was so afraid of heavy metal right. because of its portrayal in the media and mm-hmm. just the logos and stuff and mascots. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was sort of the same with punk. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that Spike was the first positive representation of a punk rocker in the media ever. Yeah, because they're always the, the muggers. They're always the people hassling you. They're hassling you. They're, they, they're yeah, making they're, noise on the bus. They're sniffing glue. They're ODing on, mm-hmm. on whatever. They're still in your car. Yeah, yeah. So, always. So he was talking about just how important that was, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, and I also am glad that because he was going off about Degrassi, I'm glad that I'm not crazy and I'm not literally the only one who enjoys this. 
Yeah. Um, I was hoping for a lot more uh, backstage gossip. Hmm. Yeah, I think you can say but, the name of that podcast since you described it. And s- I didn't know you were going to go into this much since, detail. Since I was going to describe exactly yeah. that. It's called Turned Out a Punk. Yeah. And it's not a competitor. It's any, If anything, it's... Uh, it's par- like parallel. They're not even perpendicular. I wouldn't say that. I mean, we don't perpendicular, like, yeah, yeah. I guess. And I'm not going to name a podcast that's also two guys in a in a roller coaster. That's right. Yeah. As long as you stay away from that, those carny terms. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but but anyway, it's cool. And she's the real deal. I mean, she was talking about being 16 years old and going to see uh, GBH and mm-hmm. Sick of It All is her favorite band. Really? Yeah. Where? How um, close is is are they to New York? Um, they're close to Buffalo. Oh, okay. So I should say so she'd go to shows in far. Buffalo a lot. Yeah. Okay. In Toronto. Sick of it all. I don't even know if they've left New York before. And they talked about the, uh... Just kidding. I've seen Sick of it all a few times. They talked about the audition. <laughs> oh, Gorilla Biscuits. She said oh, Gorilla nice. Biscuits. Yeah, that's all the New York hardcore. And so she... But what was interesting is she talked about the casting call and how they were just looking for a really diverse group of actual, like, non-actors, but, like... You know, school kids. So you're and, saying uh, she's actually a punk? I mean, not just in her private life. Like the way she is in the show is how she dressed anyway. Yeah. So, so they were gonna just they wanted the first step was send in a picture to be considered to be on the show, mm-hmm. and she showed up with her hair all wilded out. Oh wow! And, and like her sister was taking the picture and was like, "What are you doing? You can't, you yeah. can't do that." And she was like, "Fuck it." Yeah. It was also weird uh, hearing her drop the f bomb like 900 times. Yeah. But, um, but I just thought it was cool. She was the real deal. And they talked about some local Toronto band called MSI mm-hmm. that would close their set out by doing the Zit Remedy song. Oh, nice. And how, like, years later, she actually got, she convinced the guy that plays Joey to come in and sing it oh, with the band. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. So it was really entertaining. And it was also just nice hearing someone else gushing about this show besides me. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually I'll get back to watching and reviewing it, too. Because I know you've missed it, kids. Just kidding. No one gives a shit about anything except metal. No one cares about that either. No one cares. No, yeah. Nothing matters in life. Time is a flat circle. I told you. Seems good. Yeah. <laughs> Sound effects. I need those.